Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to make sure we avoid lazy negativity, to Mm. keep us positive, we've decided to make this episode a drinking game. So anytime we say anything negative at all, you're going to hear this sound. That sound means that we have to take a drink. We hope you drink along with us. So... Pour yourselves a glass, and we're going to discuss a movie with so few consequences for gun violence, you'll think it's High School Musical. Cheers, America! <laughs> high School Musical. Surprisingly oh, not God negative. Damn. I feel like that's positive to Tombstone and High School Musical, Dave. So there you go. It's a win-win. <laughs> All right, people. That? That's right. We are headed into 1993 this week, people. And the film we have chosen in our 1993 in film segment is Tombstone. Of course, that is George P. Cosmatos. I knew I was going to fuck this name up. <laughs> George P. Cosmatos. <laughs> Written by original director Kevin Jar, who backed out um, early on. Uh, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer. People, you should know how, this film, Tombstone. How do, you, how do you back out of your own movie? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, something happened. I guess he was replaced. I, who knows? I thought it was his time. I thought walk, he was ready for I it. I wonder, did they walk in and go, this director can get this cast? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it was a nice way of saying they they booted him. They kicked him the yeah. fuck out. <laughs> I'm sure it was nice. Hey, you back wow. out now. Anyway, um, people were talking about Tombstone. We're going to talk a little bit about 1993. Why are we doing this, John? Why are we talking about 1993 in film? Uh, we're talking about 1993 in film because we are back to the random year generator. Uh, we were for a long time, listeners. You know, we were doing like a movie of the week, something that came out that week, but. We are working uh, and living in an industry time when there's a lot of big cinema stuff that, I don't know, I just got kind of tired of talking about superheroes, to be super, super honest. Um, That said, I did see two new movies this week, and I'm curious if you guys did as well. We'll get to them. But we are back to the random year generator. Did you you do this? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, we're going to be choosing a movie from each year that comes up. We have done this before. We're going to try to make sure it's a juicy movie, something good that has some legs that we can talk about and get some good traction on. And we can definitely, doing this, control what we're going to be discussing and make sure we're talking about movies we haven't talked about before. Uh, if you're first-time listener to the pod, check out the Corona Franchise Face-Off. Hell yeah. And check out the uh, the Blockbuster. Uh, what do we call that? Summer uh, the, Blockbuster. The summer I don't know. Blockbuster I was yeah, where are you trying this? <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is it, 1993. There's Dave's. That was, that was delayed. Yes, that makes sense. Wait, did you do Saw Patrol? The follow-up to Barbenheimer? You have Saw, then, <laughs> and Saw Patrol that came out this week? I did not do Saw Patrol. Maybe maybe I should have. Um, oh, Saw 10. What, was the, one they, what two... was the one they moved? Oh, they had, they had um, Exorcist was scheduled to come out. Um, on ah. Friday the 13th and then they found out that Taylor Swift's Eras Tour is coming out on uh-huh. Friday as and it would have been opened on the same weekend and they for about two seconds contemplated doing Exa Swift <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like uh, I feel like missed opportunity like, they should have done yeah Swifties would have gone straight in for the fucking the Eras Tour and then had the shit scared out of them by Exorcist if oh, they could get it at all <laughs> Beyonce's doing the I, live video thing too. I just thought it was crazy that this is this is how many years can you say this for like in not, not straight to video, not the thing the way things used to be. There were two franchises that had their tenth movie come out this year. What was the yeah. other one, guys? 
Saw and it's Fast all Furious. about family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. fucking Fuck yeah. Fast Ten and Ten. Saw Ten. That is that is there you go. You asked me why we're doing the random year generator now because we're yeah. at a time when people are relying on their tenth fucking version Although of, of recent, a recognized IP. Recently, we Not did talking have shit about Saw. Yeah, we did have we did have two uh, two movies hit the number one spot that were it was one and two I think it was and they weren't part of a franchise for the first time Excellent. in like ten years recently. So what were they? I can't remember. Oh, Dave! Very <laughs> memorable statistic. Not memorable movies. Welcome back. This is the love of cinema. <laughs> we're, uh... um, so we are, we are going to get the tombstone, people, and we're going to give you a little, uh, you know, a little um, guy, guy out, outline of what was going on in 1993 in film. But we'd like to get these episodes going with some mini reviews. So, friends, what did you guys see? Do you want to do that? Or let's see, because I think we can either decide mini review or we can save it for the end of our episode and our what you've been watching segment. So, John, you said you saw two films. Let's see if Dave I saw did. either of them, because I don't know if you know this. New York City got fucked on Friday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, dude, you're fucking crazy. You got yeah. eight inches of rain on Friday. So I didn't do shit on Friday. And I know that there's another That's day. That's eight inches of rain everywhere. Oh, every okay. single inch got eight. It was yeah. It was tough, including the subways got 50 somehow. <laughs> subways, man, they were fucking poor. Water was coming out. I can't believe some of those walls are still standing. Anyway, John, what'd you see? I saw, um, all right, I saw two movies. And I think I'm going to put them both in the mini review just because I think they're worth talking about because what we were just saying, non-pre-existing IP, some original ideas. I saw first The Creator. This is Gareth Edwards. Yeah, I, I, have not, I have not seen this yet, so keep this that, spoiler folks. free. Same. I will, I will, I will, I promise. Um, $80 million is the leading statistic here. What he is able to achieve, and not just him, I, don't, I want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Dave, who filmed this? You know who it is. It's your boy, um, Gareth oh, Edwards. Yeah. Fucking Greg you, Frazier about, and oh, Gareth sorry. Edwards. Mm-hmm. Got I'm together again. I'm myself. Mm. Oh yeah, fuck you. Back together again from Rogue One. So Gareth hasn't made anything since Rogue One. That's that's a long time. Pandemic happened, but it's developing this. And y'all, what he was able to do with 80 is just a really good example of this is a man who came from the indie world, bust out of the right out with 2010s monsters, a lot of visual effects, went straight to Godzilla. Jeff and I were too high for that movie, but it was awesome. And he's just always been able to I'm still scared to use. I know. Did he do did he do monsters? Yes. Wow, that was I never knew that. I never put the two I never put the two together. That was that was like the first film to be edited on Premiere Pro. The executive who thought that the guy who made monsters could make Godzilla doesn't get the cookie. But but I'm glad that he (laughs) I'm glad that he he chose to do it. Anyway, um, story. Look, it's an original sci-fi piece. There were some parts of the rules of the world and the philosophy that I didn't resonate with as well as I wanted to. Because it was made so well, I wanted to dive in even further and for him to go a little bit further with that. But you should go see this movie. I still oh, had yeah. a fun time. Hans Zimmer was... wrote a great score. They filmed the shit out of it. It's compelling. It was so cool seeing what would have been like a B movie in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. We'll skip over the 90s because they just didn't make this kind of sci-fi. It was mostly sci-fi horror in the 90s and early 2000s. This is like presented to you with the same level of production and filmmaking as all of our big Star Wars and things like that with half the budget and original characters and original scenario. So I definitely want to tell you to go see it. Um, but my oh, big I'm A plus, yeah, you should go see it. Yeah. My big A plus of the week surprised the hell out of me. Cool. And I don't know why it surprised me so much. GameStop. It was dumb money. Mm. It was Craig Gillespie's dumb money. Now, 
I didn't know he directed this until right before I saw it. Craig, Craig Gillespie made Lars and the Real Girl. I, Tanya. Yeah. I love this director. Yeah. This movie, if you've seen a trailer for it, it looks charming. It kind of looks like Diet Adam McKay, right? Like Diet Big <laughs> Diet Short. Adam it's, McKay. Right? It's in the world of that. It is right up there with that stuff. The storytelling is so excellent. It's hilarious. It's so funny. It's informative. And this is a little bit different than watching The Big Short because, you know, we were all kind of sitting on our ass, so we kind of watched all that happen. Yeah. So we're a little bit more familiar with a lot of the ins and outs. He still spells am, it out for you. I am way familiar makes... with the ins and outs from one side. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dick, so can we, we break your NDA? <laughs> honestly, dude, honestly. And it break gets it, break it. all that <laughs> stuff. The casting is so much fun. Uh, guys, I was just, I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. I knew I was going to enjoy it. I loved it. Go see wow. that movie. Have, in, did enjoy you, yourself. Have fun. Did you, did you go there to see something else and get the dates wrong and end up seeing it by accident because no, no, we that's, that's, the first that's how we saw the big short you and me saw that together didn't we yeah we were, but we were going yeah. to see something else and it wasn't yeah. on until next week and we fucked we up the like, dates oh. and we ended up seeing the big <laughs> short <laughs> <laughs> that may have happened to us with ex machina too anyway yeah. good surprises uh you're welcome and go watch dumb money i can't wait for you to go it's see so it fun. i think everybody is going to be swept up when they start talking about it it's going to get great word of mouth enjoy all right. And these are these guys? are both these are both only in theaters so far, only mm-hmm. in theaters, exclusively yep. in theaters. Both of them, I think. Uh, Dumb Money is Sony Columbia, and who made fucking Creator, um, Eco? Uh, fuck, damn it, E Films, E One, oh, E One, yeah. and I can't remember who released it. Is it Paramount? God, I feel bad. It's not Paramount. Anyway, go see both of them though. Enjoy yourself. You haven't seen. Sure. You don't get to see movies like either of them very often these days. So I'm always on the hunt money. for like new original sci-fi so yeah you're gonna like it man i oh think you're gonna God, have yeah. a good time gareth edwards four films <laughs> godzilla a star wars movie <laughs> this and monsters that's it yeah four Unreal. features he, he just stays quiet till he has something to say hey fuck uh, favorite good for people, him huh? dude 80 million dave keep that yeah. in mind when you guys go see it 80 million i think rogue one i think godzilla was 160 i think rogue one was 200 or, or switch them. So he's worked with way bigger budgets than his first monsters. And he was like, let me see what I can do if I can bring this down. Cause this will be the last thing I'm going to say. And then I'll shut the fuck up. There's a good LA times article that he was talking about this in his answer to what is happening now in the industry is proof to people that you can make things for way less of the production value, not the audience's yeah. hmm. production value, but literally the production costs are have inflated so much yeah. that everybody thinks you need for what he would say is three or four times the amount you actually need to pull it off. And that there's actually an, an intimacy that is lost because of that with the filmmaking and the film watching. And I think people who like movies and certainly people who know how to make movies, when you look at it, you're going to be able to see what he means, the way he, the language, storytelling, it feels like a certain way that I do agree with him is, is kind of lost with let's just do it all in blue, green, or gray. Let's just go full CGI. Let's just use our walls and let's just stick with that. He finds very mm. interesting practical ways to use CGI and backgrounds and, and app motivated lighting and applied CGI in a practically shot scenario that is I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. It almost feels like early 2000s work. Doesn't, doesn't it anyway. suck that now that we've gone to random number generator, they're finally releasing good fucking non-superhero movies? But we can still talk about it. <laughs> Go see it and tell me what um, you think, dude. That, yeah. that's, a, that's a Walt Disney Studios motion picture. So um, Excellent. Well, he's still it, with the it, Mouse House. 
Not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Kathleen was like, was like <laughs> were, he, pro- he probably <laughs> tore half the checks up. They're like, no, he have 120 million. No. Yeah, he, he cashed those checks. As soon as everybody was striking against Bob Iger, he's like, I'm cashing these fucking checks, people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 1993 in film, people. 1993 in film. Do you guys remember from our box office, summer box office face-off, what the highest grossing movie in 1993 was? No. Jurassic Park. Hell yeah! <laughs> da, 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 da. Jurassic <laughs> Park, which thanks to re-releases has made over a billion dollars worldwide and fuck, who knows how much the merchandising, you know, has, has grossed, you know, but it, it destroyed everything at the box office this year, 1993, of course. But look, look at the rest of the top four. You talk about having like fun movies that are coming out in the theater. We have Saw Patrol coming out at the same time as the creator and the GameStop movie, which is not to be confused with the GameStop documentary, which is on Hulu. Mrs. Doubtfire was number two worldwide. Ooh. That was a Family good movie, Family friendly comedy. Yeah. Do it like a lady. Vacuum. No, my favorite is Figaro, 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 where he's like mousing the fucking like animated fucking, thing. Yeah, every kid in America wanted to grow up in voice cartoons after that opening scene. It's fucking brilliant. Every kid said, wait, that could be my dad? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We love our parents. Um... <laughs> The Fugitive was number three. We talked oh, about so that good. in a previous episode. Go back, listen to it. And Schindler's List was number four worldwide with over $300 million. So what a top four. The Miss Stoutfire, wow. fucking Two Schindler's List, man. Jurassic Park. Two from a man. Yeah. Guys, this, I mean, this really is the year of Steven Spielberg where he has Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. I mean, the 80s are, Steven Spielberg owned the 80s. He like, he owned them. But the 90s, I mean, that what? that's one year. He just had those two films come out. It's fucking awesome. Um, okay, cool. Um, let's see. This is the year that Brandon Lee was accidentally killed on the set of The Crow. Um, this is okay. the year of River Phoenix on Halloween. Very sorry to bring that up, but that did happen mm. here in 1993. Really, really, really sad. Um, and then when it comes to the Oscars, you got Tom Hanks for Philadelphia, Holly Hunter for The Piano, Angela Bassett won the Golden Globe for What's Love Got to Do With It, but not the Oscar. Tommy Lee Jones cleans up for The Fugitive. Somehow, Ray Fiennes won the BAFTA, but that's it. How does Ray Fiennes not win awards? You know, everybody said they're like, I want to grow up and win an Oscar. And then you give the performance that Ray Fiennes gave in Schindler's List and you win almost nothing. I mean, you know, tough life for an actor out there, I guess. At least he has a lot of money and people who know who he is. Anna Paquin wins for the piano. That's right. Academy Award Mm. winner, Oscar Anna Paquin. That is one of my favorite quotes in all TV shows. Yeah, that is the last thing she did wearing clothes. Oh, shut the fuck up. Mm. Jesus, dude. Dave! Not wrong. Um, <laughs> that is one of my favorite things uh, a Schmidt says in New Girl. He goes, that's even harder to say than Academy Award winner Anna Paquin. <laughs> okay. um, anyway, she's great. We love her. She's great. Okay. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen was an Oscar good. for The Streets of Philadelphia. Uh, and Janet Day Lewis did not win an Oscar for In the Name of the Father, but that's okay. Um, there's a lot of other good shit that went on this year. I just want to shout out Homeward Bound. Mm. I want to shout out the Sandlot. This is this is really the year of like our fucking generation. I mean, you got like Hot Shots Part Two, you got Cliffhanger, (laughs) you got The Firm, you got Rookie of the Year, Weekend at Bernie's, Free Willy, people, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Zoe Married an Axe Murderer, yeah, no, no, no. Weekend at Bernie's Two, Two, yeah, Two. Oh, okay, they made a second one. That was like solid, like eighty-seven. Come on, Cool Runnings came out this year, Rudy. Get out of here. Beethoven's second. Come on, people. What a year. And then, of course, Dazed and Confused and a bunch of other cool movies. True Romance. Uh, Mm. Anything else you guys uh, remember about 1993? God, I love movies from the 90s. Yeah. Uh, What a fun year. 
1993. This was the year that uh, Mr. Was it wasn't Bill Clinton inaugurated? Inaugurated, yeah, January. I feel like this was the was first year I remember a president being inaugurated. Wow. Um, let's talk about fucking Tombstone, because you know what? Tombstone. <laughs> this is the year. This is one of those years, and Tombstone is one of those movies, like from my childhood, that like I can still see the VHS cover. It's definitely one of those <laughs> that blew up. As you know, maybe more so than it did in release. So, Jeff, did you read off any numbers about Tombstone? Yeah. Well, Tombstone was was actually a big hit at the box office, unlike the Wyatt Earp film, which is the Lawrence Kasdan film that came out the next year. Um, But no, I didn't read out any numbers about Tombstone. You got them up? I do. So what I thought was fascinating, because I remember just here, this was one of those movies that I felt like every one of my friend's dads rented like at least once every few months. Like <laughs> all the men were like talking about this movie. So I think I looked it up and uh, down one here of the, in the one domestic... of the dads just owned it and they just passed it around the households. Honestly, <laughs> dude, it's just it's a good shoot. It's a fun Western shooting. We'll, we'll talk about the the details in a little bit. But budget of twenty five million. Most of that went to the cast. I mean, this, the, the production yeah, design is great. They built the hell out of this town, but my God, what a cast. We'll talk about it in a little oh, bit. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, the, the opening weekend did about 6-5. Ended up in U.S. and Canada grossing about 56-5, and that's where it mostly sat because apparently it didn't distribute around the world as well. But it ended up through home video, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, ended up doing it about $144 million. Oh my god! When you when you the adjusted domestic box office with home video, this is right in that sweet spot as well. Where (laughs) like the the because when I know uh, in Australia, I don't know what happened here, but when they started releasing videos for you to buy to have at home, oh dude, um, when they first came out, they were like eighty bucks. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, it was like sixty or eighty bucks to have a copy of this movie at home. Yeah, Blu-rays when they came out. And so, and it was for fucking VHS, but uh, no, we hadn't had it before. So you could have the movie in your home and watch it whenever you wanted. And uh, so. So in the first year, it made a hundred million dollars in its box home box office, <laughs> its home yeah. video release. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I don't, we don't look at those numbers enough. And just to give it context, I know we kind of I feel like we don't started give this episode enough. and no, 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 we just don't look at, we, it's hard to look at. And we know it's almost like the industry doesn't like talking about the home video market because it yeah. made more than like more than most movies made in yeah. the theater. And, and they always had ads at the beginning too. So how much did Domino's and Pizza Hut pay to like get on the fucking front of all these <laughs> goddamn VHS? And you couldn't skip them. You had to fucking sit there and watch so these Pizza Hut commercials. Much fucking so many money. fucking Pizza Hut commercials. You guys got ads? I got trailers for other movies. I got both sometimes. Yeah. One or the other yeah, or yeah. both. Yeah, they never, put, they never put like Pizza Hut commercials in house. Yeah. It was... So yeah. we didn't talk about this earlier, but cheers to the W fucking GA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, signing. Cheers. Yeah. So like, mm. so many shows are going to be this, prepped that they're going to start filming as soon as the SAG awards. Everything's going to be ready to go. Cast, you're getting ready to work. You better start getting your memorization some, skills to back up. I know some actors who are on some regular shows, and they got called the day after the signing and said, we're back in the room. We're writing. Can't shoot immediately, but I think they're basically just saying, we're writing. We are going to be shooting as soon as we possibly can, which probably will be the beginning of next year, assuming the SAG after a you know deal gets signed, which I'm sure it will. But anyway, I was just bringing that up because we don't have a lot, you know, the, all this conversation about where are these other revenue streams going to come from. God, it's just kind of like a 
what the fuck happened to this? There was a minute there in time where they had this other ancillary revenue stream that more than doubled every single fucking product they put out into the universe. Some products didn't even have to go to theaters. They just went straight to fucking video. Yeah. And they, yeah. they still made lots of money off of that shit. Well, this is, we complain. Disney Disney Plus is raising the price. So I, I have the bundle and it used to be $14.99. It's going up to $18.99. What a fucking scandal. It's $4. I just rented Tombstone for $3 like it was fucking nothing. They're literally raising <laughs> me a Tombstone rental every month. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Whereas it's like Friday night, I'm bored. Want to go to the movies? Sure. $50 just out my asshole but it's like 14 dollars turns to 18 uh so honestly everybody does have a huge stick up their ass when it comes to these subscription prices because they're sitting there going wow it's getting just as expensive as cable oh it's turning into cable and it's like yeah but i I just feel like we do if we want every Mm. show to be as good as succession we have to fucking pay for it because hbo is not or time Warner discovery is not going to increase their overall budget so if the writers guild wants more and the sag and they want more and they deserve it they're just going to make fewer. They're going to make less shit. The Yo, only way they make up those margins is if you go to the fucking theater and you spend yeah. some goddamn money. If you don't go to the theater and spend some goddamn money, you cannot fucking complain about this. You just can't. <laughs> We've gone to the theater so many goddamn times in the past two years. Why am I talking about like we're special? This is a fucking positive podcast. I'm so sorry. You are special. You are sp- and you're special <laughs> and you're special. Hey, Dave, I have a question for you. Yeah. What do you think of Tombstone? <laughs> Dude, my my pop used to watch westerns like crazy, and nice. I I was never I was never really down for it. It wasn't my thing till this came yeah. along. Oh yes, <laughs> like the, this was this was the thing. This this one it not only did it have such a really cool fucking cast, like a huge cast, and there were casts that I'd seen in other things as well. You know, uh, so Kurt, Kurt Russell was in his fucking prime. Um, I want to say Val Kilmer steals the shit out of this movie. I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. Ooh. Just, he gets God. all the oh good lines. God. Like, so, yeah. Oh. Dude. Yeah. Um, I love this. I love this movie. Um, it's short. There's a couple of times where they just really speed up the pacing and cut Short's out some pushing stuff. pushing it. Where it's just <laughs> a lot of, yeah, where it's just a lot of like shooting, but it's still, the setup is there the payoff is there everything you want out of this is there i i really dig this movie how did deadwood not nice. come out 20 years earlier after tombstone they should have said i got a miniseries for you like, like yeah. what, what, what what took so long and just just for the record the, believe that, me, yeah. that one liner he drops about you're gonna do something or just stand there and bleed i'm gonna start oh. using that at work that is such a good fucking line dude there's so many good juicy lines oh, we'll get to some fun quotes later there's but so many guys dude, this I think is i agree Oh, sorry, you go ahead, John. You're, you're rolling. Did you, you you both had seen this before? But John had it. You had it. it. John and I had not seen this before. Neither of us. Go Somehow ahead. slipped what? through the cracks. Um, I I had so much fun watching it for all the reasons that everybody had always said. Like the the cast is unreal. It's crazy. Mm. They got all these group of people together. Um, it gave me it gave me feelings of the Wild Bunch. And I saw that for the first time this summer. I think I mentioned that to you guys, Sam yeah. Peck and Paul's like, it's, it's, it's also unreal. You're waiting for just this gang to get back together and just fucking kill everybody. And like, you know, that, <laughs> you're going to get your catharsis. That's kind of what you're waiting for. I can't say this strongly enough though. I'm, we'll probably get more into detail with it. Kurt Russell is so good in this movie 
and navigates, he is our fulcrum between what I think is a very successful part of the movie, which is why people like it so much, which is the male part of this story. Yeah. The females and the way they're written, the way they're portrayed and hit the love story and stuff. I don't think it's on the same level. It's a little cheesier. feels mm, a little yeah. bit more two-dimensional. And if it weren't for him navigating both of them and making it believable, I think this movie could have sucked. It could have just been cheesy. But he is the fucking man, as he always is. And I believe him making those choices in and out of both of them. He del- he has some kind of deliverance that is moving through both of those things uh-huh. somehow. Nice reference. And yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he is the, I don't know, he's the glue and you just kind of believe it. And you, you he, he sets you up so that you actually believe there's a chance that he doesn't want to get pulled back into this world. And he's, but you know, he is, you know who Wyatt Earp is. And then there's the supporting characters are just absolutely, you know, brilliant and fun to watch. It's yeah. one of those where you feel like there's a theater troupe in a location somewhere out here in Southern California or Arizona or wherever the shot fuck, fuck they shot. And they're just having a blast just playing with each other. I don't feel like anybody was ever trying to steal a scene. I feel like everybody was just having fun. Yep. Um, honestly, the only scenes that I felt like weren't like that were the ones with the female characters, which is a shame. Those actors didn't do a bad job. I just hmm. don't feel like those characters were written with the same yeah, they were- realism. Cause I wouldn't want to say that the guys are, there's something not realistic about the wild West of tombstone it feels a little heightened maybe a little too opulent yeah also there's one building at the end of main street with a forced perspective painting no one was fucking buying it (laughs) so (laughs) just one just one just one just one but it's it's there it's there in the middle of the shot at one point you you, i think you're gonna have fun if you're coming for a fun watch the gang get together and do the right thing and a lot of blood and shooting Wild West, a '90s Western, like it kind of ticks all those boxes. I mean, yeah, they and, set him. You know, they set him I up perfectly heard. as well for like the the white hat sheriff sort of thing. Like when the guy's oh, smacking yeah. the horse at the beginning, and mm-hmm. he just walks up and grabs him, and he Don't like he could he yeah. could he no, but he could have just stopped the guy hitting the horse, but he takes the shit and hits the guy with it. It's like, yeah, how do you fucking like it? <laughs> I mean, the dude with the, the the extension of that, the next step of that, that scene with Billy Bob Thornton was. That do scene it. was you know, so fucking good, yeah. Two fucking aces, yeah. A plus actors, just and Kurt just fucking owning it. And I love, I'm not, I'm not picking on Kurt Russell at all. I fucking love him, but he's probably the shortest man on set in a lot of these scenes. He's not the biggest guy. He's and he's worth. He's working with some big he's actors next to Sam Elliott. Yeah, I mean, boy, yeah. he's got some. He's just got the. He's got that thing though. He's just got that that movie star thing. He's just fucking oh, yeah. bleeding with. I it. love that he didn't try to do an affectation to his voice like a lot of people do when they play pirates or cowboys. They try to do. You know, he just he sounded like Kurt, but like not for one second did I think he wasn't Wyatt Earp or from but, Kansas and, and or Missouri. Push back against that because I totally agree with you, and it's just one of those things. If it works, it works. I think Val Kilmer's voice worked for me. Oh, yeah. oh, his vo- oh for sure. But he's a, he, it's it's different though. He's a supporting character. That's true. Wait, he, yeah, he's yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's heard, a sporty character who's a, an educated poet. You know what I mean? It's like it's a little different. He's a have, we, have we heard from Jeff on this yet? No. Jeff, uh, get in there, guys. I I watched this clip of something with Angela, which is a 68 year old opera singer. And this guy, I, I turned to her. He was giving it so fucking hard. He was giving this aria, and I turned to Angela and I said, "This guy looks like if he died." doing this song right now he'd be okay with it like he's ready to give his life for this fucking aria right now like he literally will die for us i feel like this movie is 
opera. This movie, but not like operas in like mm. like of like yeah. Wagner or some shit like that. It is so elevated. Every single bit of this, obviously the production design, but the the stakes, the the, the cast, everybody is playing up. They know it's lore. We talked about Bonnie and Clyde last week. They know that it's, you know, it's it's based in truth. And I didn't even fucking know this. I didn't know this was about Wyatt Earp. I didn't know, and he's in every crossword puzzle because <laughs> yeah. E A R P are very popular vowel, popular letters. So it's in every fucking. I know, I know why Earp is because you know, not just because of New York Times crossword, but I know this. I didn't know that these two gunfights that he was. In, I didn't know that he was like primarily, you know, a peace officer and he was all about peace. But he just happened to, at the end of his fucking life, get involved in two of the most famous gunfights of all time. And that's basically what this movie is based on because one of them, the gunfight at the OK Coral. Corral. In, it, it, cor- shut up. Corral. <laughs> Which is okay, depict- Coral. Yeah. Whatever. Who's, who's he fighting? Fucking Nemo and Dory. <laughs> the OK oh, Corral. Honestly, I said Coral because the OK Corral sounds a whole lot like um, the Golden Corral, which is uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet in the South. All which you can def- eat, baby. Which I'll just say, the Golden Corral voted for Trump. Like that. That is. That's. That's the whole place. Anyway, I'm sure I they endorsed him. So. Yeah. I didn't know. I had no idea that if Probably you told me too. that, I would have been like, "Holy shit!" I would have watched this when I was four years old. You know, I didn't know any of this shit. Yeah, but this movie is so. The, they set the tone so clearly early on, not just with the fucking massacre at a goddamn wedding that happens at the beginning, which oh, features like yeah. literally a killing of a priest, a stealing of their food, maybe a rape. It was fucking. I was like, "Oh my god, they're really fucking." This is crazy, but it is so. Jeff, you nailed it, dude. dude it is directed it's by. <laughs> And he was born, he's Italian, I think, right? Yeah, he's right? Italian. He's born in Italy, yeah, 100%. I mean, you're exactly right, dude. That that thing I was trying to say, it felt like high, elevated is the word, the opera. That is exactly what it is. The way they use the, the music editing of the soundtrack underneath, it feels Except like the it's ladies. a throwback. The ladies was definitely an early 90s, like power ballady kind of thing. Yeah, 100%, you're right. But the guys, it yeah, was, it was so fucking grounded. Oh, it was I just so love, good. As well, you'd like all of the fantastic Western things that you're looking for are there, like the close-ups on the eyes and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts off with the voiceover where it's like, it was, I'll, I'll, sorry, the text with, they, they, they are talking with about the, the pictures, gang. And it's yeah. like, and they call themselves the Cowboys. And then immediately cuts to the most Western wide shot you can fucking do without 70 mil. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, so like straight up, you're into it. If you were, if you came here expecting a western, here's a western. But there's also a lot more going on there. There's many, many more layers than you find in a traditional western in this. But I the style is too. the style is still there. I bet it was fun too when this came out, just because I would imagine after Unforgiven, the year before, year before or two years before, I think it was '92. Hmm. I feel like after Clint Eastwood made that, which was super. 92. Okay, 92. Super realistic, grounded. I think he was going for a much more authentic, authentic, minimalist kind of take on that type of story. Gene Hackman in that. Very Holy well. shit. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. So to see this is kind of a fun contrast to that, as opposed to as opposed to trying to recreate the, what, what he achieved so well with that. This is a different kind of Western. Oh. And it still had a lot of familiar faces. Still had a lot of really great acting, but yeah, I don't know. I bet the contrast going in, people may have been thinking it's going to be another kind of Unforgiven, and they got this. And it was yeah. probably it fun was... to have like a different kind of ride. Yeah, this was, no... this was Sorry. way more entertaining 
as such. Like, oh yeah, Unforgiven is still like it's entertaining on a different level. It's entertaining dramatically, but this is entertaining in that it is there's like a camaraderie there. It's their own little gang, and yeah. you're really rooting for them. I feel like this. So I, and I'm sure you all did as well, but I certainly grew up with the Cowboys and Indians set, which yeah, I'm sure in, in hindsight is probably problematic, but that's what we did. Cowboys and Indians was the yeah. fucking shit when we were growing up. Yeah. And and I, this is probably around 1993 where I'm buying all these sets and just like literally like having Cowboys shoot Indians and shit. Again, I know it's problematic, but this, this, was, this, was, this is how it was. I kind of feel like this movie was like, yeah, but this shit really happened. You know, obviously there's no Indians here, but they, they understood the commercialization of the Westerns to kids and to, you know, mass mass media, mass everything. And so it's almost like acknowledging, at least in jest, that that is going on. And at the same time being like, it was larger than life, but it was also real. It really happened. This wasn't yeah. just for fun. People actually died and there were consequences. And so I feel like where the old Westerns were so slow, and yes, it was also opera, but this was like, this was also put done in a way where they, they they did massacres in a way where like I'll put it this way there was an old man that got shot in a town square I think you guys know which one I'm talking about where they they couldn't believe that they shot the old man right like Wyatt Earp wouldn't go out there and this old guy does and it sort of gets Wyatt back and I turned to Angela after this happened and I said is that guy smoking from inside out and we rewatched it and literally like there's the psh, ah, and then you there's a cut and you see and literally there's smoke coming out of him as he's dying on the ground. I mean, that is so, it's not realistic to the in the sense where it's like, we know the stakes of it, but also it's like, we're not gonna sit there and be fearful of gun violence in our own life. And I just feel like they found the texture really well where they acknowledge that we're commercializing this, I mean, but also like- Bullet wounds do real. smoke a little if it's if it's chilly enough, because like the His bullet is red hot, it's cooking him. insides were fucking, he was smoking the like he was- a, him. He was a fucking brisket. While, on while, we're on, while we're on the subject of bullets, they throw it in the oven. Were bullets fucking free back then? <laughs> Honestly, dude, because they were cut loose, like in the air, in the in the theater. Honestly, did kids get a hand job like a normal person? Did kids just like find bullets in the sand everywhere? There were just everywhere. So many. It's just no, but let's let's first of all let's move into spoilers so we can talk about who the old man was. But but yeah, we're in spoilers and. Uh, I really think, and of, of course, it's natural to the story of Wyatt Earp. Like, I, I'm not saying that they chose to do this because it's a movie, but it's a fun time period of the West to tackle where it was weird watching. There's a little kind of, what? It's kind of weird watching a Western where they're trying to introduce law and order that is actually based from a civilian perspective. It's not just, we've seen plenty of stories where the good sheriff is trying to fight off the bad guys. Like, you know, of course, that that's like the center of most Westerns. But it's interesting to watch them trying to implement a law like no carrying guns in town. So yeah. for these hundred yards, you can't do it. We're not, you can, I'm yeah. not saying you can't own a gun. I'm saying you can't bring it in here. Wasn't and that such a good moment in the movie bring, in 2023 yeah. to watch? Well, like, old, that was like so that's weird, not the dude. only dig as well they had at modern society, too. Do you notice the cart go past with the uh, equal job, equal pay for women? Yes. The oh, women. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were trying to fit things like that. I mean, they were, they were just, I don't know. I felt like the way that they were handling, like, navigating this transition from the West, it was interesting. I felt it compelling to watch the Cowboys gang, which was, they made us believe that they were very, very organized and powerful hmm. and, and an entity that was organ, you know, and they were just obeying the law for the most part. 
-hmm. And they did a good job of kind of riding that line throughout the movie of, are they taking this personally? Are they eventually, do they have enough power to just very comfortably overturn them? And then they, they did a good job of, they would splinter off into like groups of cowboys that chose to try to go up against them. Yeah. And that was the reason that the law could ultimately pull them apart was because if they, if all 150 of them or 300 or whatever, or many of them it was, if they had a very quickly and initially just killed the three brothers game over. That's it. Right. That's how easy that is. It could... town. Yeah. Guns I'm sure SAG is thinking the, th the same thing right now. <laughs> oh, Dave, look at you. That's why I was so, I thought it was so cool. One of my favorite lines in the movie is when, I'm going to fuck it up. But when he's telling Bill Pack, when Kurt Russell's telling Bill Paxton that he only had to use his gun one time ever mm. and that he, yeah. you shouldn't and have felt, to yeah. use your gun. So yeah. they establish Wyatt Earp with a pre-script text before the movie begins about his history as this famous lawman. And you find out that he never used his gun. Yeah. Like one time he had to use yeah. it. Like that's They kept calling awesome. him a peace. They kept saying peace officer. They just kept mm. saying him. I was like, what the fuck is that? You know, well, the thing is, the, and the one also, time he used it, he kills the man. He killed the man, and he yeah. didn't like it. When we get when we get to the big gunfight at, at the corral, um, it's I the one thing I find the most interesting about that gunfight is they walk in, the guys form up, they form up, somebody reaches, and their first reaction is that's not what I want, and he puts a hand out to hold him. It's like, yeah. we're not here. We're not here to fight. You look like it when you so walked good. up, but it was like was that yeah, was no, that Powers yeah. Booth? Was that the guy? Was that like the um, Powers Booth is the one who tried to stop him, right? No, I think it, I think it was no, 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 he's was, not there. no it was Sam Elliott. He wasn't there. That. Oh yeah, Sam. He's not right. there. Yeah, Sam Elliott says, "No, we want." It's and not what I want. Look on. Doesn't Kurt Russell when the guy starts to reach? Kurt Russell's like, "God damn it!" Like nobody wants this fight to go down because every yeah. you know, everybody's going to get fucking shot. God, Val Kilmer is the man when he walks up. Yeah, he, he like puts his arms out like he's surrendering and fucking like oh side God. swipes Val, the dude, shot to the, the head. Man. God, unreal. They also did yeah. a good job in this movie of how do I say this? There's a lot of times in movies where bullets are just going everywhere and somehow yeah. nobody's getting shot. But this felt like they were trying to shoot people and they couldn't like very believably. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Guns are pointing at you and yet we're not killing each other very quickly. It's just that's it's just, just actually taking more time. I'm sure we'll go. We'll keep going through like favorite moments of the movie, or favorite lines and scenes. I think my absolute favorite. Also, I love that we have the revelation, the revelations quote at the wedding thing, and then it immediately cuts to Kurt Russell. It's like such a good, just like fucking textbook, like film school shit. Yeah. Even though this is fun, mm. um, I love so much when um, you have like the gunslinger guy in the street, and um, and Val Kilmer is there, and he he has the gun. Not everybody has the gun. Wyatt Earp doesn't have a gun, and he has the gun, and the guy's like. He's pointing a gun. He says, Val Kimmer's pointing the gun. And the other guy says, you're so drunk, you're probably seeing double. Yeah. And he goes, well, I have a second gun here for both of you. <laughs> like, and he sits there. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I have a second gun here, one for each of you. And it's like, oh, my God. I I'm, I'm fucking up the quote. But it's like every single thing Val Kilmer did. Yeah. Like, yes. Every, oh, it was pristine. Even, it was even though like it was him that started that fight, like the gunfight. Just that one True. blown kiss, and mm -hmm. that changed everything. Oh, it's so good. But just uh, think yeah, about this. I mean, this but is you a still love the guy. We talk about character driven versus whatever. Like this is a this is a character driven 
spectacularly designed. You have Kurt Russell, Billy Bob Thornton, Sam Elliott, Val Kilmer, and Bill Paxton all in the same scene. <laughs> Not yeah. even in the movie. They're all talking to each other. You have Powers Booth, Emmy winner. I mean, just just fucking cowboy killing group. You have Michael Rooker, Thomas Hayden Church, Stephen Lang, Dana Zelaney, Emmy winner, Terry O'Quinn, Emmy winner, Billy Zane gets shot out doing the St. Crispin's Day speech while you have a theatrical lighting designer using liquor in front of the light instead of using a polycarbonate color gel because it has that kind of flowy effect on the stage. So it looks like it's like, you know, flickering and stuff. I mean, the detail, the production, I actually sat there sitting there. Was that Billy Zane? Fucking looked like Chris Sarandon. Yeah, it was Billy Zane. It was Billy Zane doing the Shakespeare shit and people were shooting at him and very quickly getting moved. And that's good direction where you could get an entire, when you're doing crowd work with a very single solitary performance and then crowd work responding to that and they're all responding together, that's really good direction. But some of these sweeping shots and stuff, this is, I actually sat there and said, did that shot take all day just to get that five seconds? Cause it was like, honestly, it was spectacular. It was, I thought it was Probably really spectacular. Did. And this is a guy that who just sequence. does like Sly Stallone movies and like mutant sea creature movies and murderous rat movies. Like I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone has everyone has at least one gold one in them. <laughs> Dude, he fucking nailed it. Um, the, yeah, and the writer from Glory said, "Hey, it's... I have an idea. Let's have more fun in this era." The, the writer from Glory was like, "You know what? I wish Glory was more fun." And then he tried to direct this, and they said, "No, nah, your writing is fine." I'm sorry. We'll, we'll I, I'm still I'm still on killer rat movies <laughs> now. I'm picturing now I'm picturing Ratatouille in the style of Saw. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm picturing Ratatouille in the style of Paw Patrol, but killer. Okay, sorry. What? Um. <laughs> I was just gonna say let's uh let's maybe go down and talk about some of our favorite our favorite cameos or supporting players who weren't there for maybe the whole movie. I was not expecting to see fucking um Terry O'Quinn as the town oh, mayor. Emmy yeah. Orbiter. Yeah. It's fucking John Locke doing in fucking yeah, Comstown, yeah. Arizona. That was I immediately fun. distrusted him, that's for sure. <laughs> Oh, come on. Just lock season five and six, though, maybe. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I stuck Robert around till the end. Is the narrator. That was really charming. Charlton Heston. Um, fucking Charlton, Charlton Heston. Heston. Yeah. Is the ranch owner. That was, that was a little, us. that was like I a was little. I was like, was that fucking Charlton yeah. Heston? And this was before that, he that chose the a, wrong side after Columbine. That was a, that was a. Sh- <laughs> I don't Jesus. think a buzz should happen there. Um, that, that was, that was a definite handover moment for me. It was almost like uh, yes. Do you yeah, remember the yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the movie Welcome Welcome to the Jungle? Um, I think that's what it was called over here. Yeah. But uh, it was um, The Rock <sighs> and Sean William Scott, and at the beginning of it, they're walking into it. They're walking into a, into a club. I love it. And already. Arnie walks the other way, and he's like, "Good luck." And it was like a oh, handover wow. to The Rock as an action movie. Giant man to giant man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so that, got, that, was a, that was our total handover movie, like handover moment for uh, me. Is the best cameo in this whole movie, though, Fat Billy Bob Thornton? Fat Billy Bob yeah. is so fucking... <laughs> that Bob scene. Did. I mean, apart from the, the end with the pool cue, with the gun, the gunshot right at the pool cue hitting... That is, that is opera, guys. The guy, he's just playing pool. He hits the pool cue, gets shot, falls on the thing through the window, right? They go after him, and then they run outside. The lightning is going crazy. The sky is purple. And then they go back inside, and the blood is everywhere. I mean, that is 
high drama. That scene is so good. But the Billy Bob Thornton scene, the tension, they're talking about fucking smoke wagons as if this is a normal conversation. <laughs> Literally, Kurt Russell starts slapping Billy Bob Thornton, who has a gun. And they're talking about fucking smoke wagons. I mean, what a goddamn... And then Kurt, but Billy Bob just fucking waters up. And then he gets the shotgun and they convince him to throw it on the ground yeah. and leave it and walk away. And then he, th- and he thanks them for it. He thanks them for letting him live, even though he had the shotgun. It's so good. God, that's so good. I want to ask you guys a question. How the fuck is Michael Bean not a movie star? Like, he was so, oh, he was so good. good as Johnny Ringo. And he's so mm-hmm. good in Terminator. Like... I mean, he blew me away as Ringo, though. Like, there's yeah. eyes. There's something in his focus. I mean, I fucking saw everything. And when you got it, I just kept thinking, because I'd never seen the movie before, so I didn't know that wonderful quote about him that Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer says, you know, he, he had originally said that Kurt Russell's character, he kind of corrects guys, like a declaring statement about some of the gang that joins him to shoot up the Cowboys and take back, you know, justice in that land and they're saying that Wyatt Earp was out for revenge and Doc Holliday clarifies and says it's not revenge he's get, he's here for a reckoning and then yeah. a few scenes later he's talking to Kurt Russell's Wyatt Earp about Johnny Ringo and he's like you gotta be careful with a man like that cause he's out for revenge yeah. and Wyatt Earp says revenge for what? he says for being born Oh, yeah. so and if you're good. an actor and you read something like that and you're well, I thought Doc Holliday said you're that playing, Doc Holliday says that yeah, right, but if right. you're Michael Bean and you're playing Johnny Ringo and you read that about your character, yeah. it's one of these, you know, when we're breaking down scripts as actors, you're thinking about what are my givens, my clues, what do people say about me, blah, 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 blah. He, only, he has a few scenes that are good where he does some talking and there's probably some action on the page. But that fucking line is the only thing you need to know. Yeah. When you get a line given to you like that, when somebody says something, like, especially an intelligent character like a Doc Holliday, how do you play that without indicating that? And I was just so impressed with the the focus that Michael Bean brought, the intelligence that he brought yeah. to that character, without making it, without making it cliche or or gimmicky. They're, they're, mm. I believed him. I saw that at the end in their last duel with Val and him, where it's almost like oh. they were looking at each other, and it's almost like, wait a second, we'd be good friends. Yeah, we're not so different, you and I, which is like... Well, and and, and they like say the, this in World War II movies, and they say this in Vietnam, where like the, the few people who survive and sit there and sit there and be like, I, if I were them, I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be shooting at me too. So we'd actually be friends in a different life. And it's like, with them, it's almost like they're doing this because they have to, but they, they wish they didn't have to or something. There was some, there was real texture. In I mean, there I was love... the subtlety of when he was mocking him after he did the, the whole gunplay oh thing, God. and he's got, the tin, he's got the cup, and he's just spinning yeah. the cup. Oh, the, fa- so the fact that, that scene is so good. The, tension, the fact baby. that he laughs, yeah, it's just a yeah. half-contained laugh. There, it's like, yeah, okay, that was pretty funny. You got me, but he's still fucking. But also, off. like, what else are we gonna do? We're not gonna shoot each other up. So how are we gonna get through this moment? He goes, ah, oh, fuck, he got me. God damn it. Okay, fine. What else are you gonna do? We're not gonna shoot each I other. I fucking love so- whenever a movie can pull off a a sub protagonist and antagonist. Like, yeah, they're not the focus. Like yeah, that is just, it, it, yeah. you know, that's so much fun to watch. And again, these guys can it's it's it works because it's so elevated. It's this opera thing you're talking about because they're almost super heroic and super villainous. These two, Doc Holliday and Johnny Ringo, and the fact that, that we get to watch. I was genuinely surprised when Val Kilmer walked up. I'm your, I'm your Huckleberry. Huckleberry. I was yeah. like, oh fuck, here we go. And you saw the fear in Ringo. 
And he's like, I don't actually want to fight you. My fight's not with you. And he's like, well, what, what was that great exchange? He's like, I didn't mean what I said. And Doc Holliday's like, but I did. It's <laughs> like, just the, the shot to the head. Come on, come on, Ringo. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I was just, that was so fucking cathartic. If this wasn't such an elevated tone, I don't know if I would have bought the Kurt Russell walking up and him being like, but I thought you were sick. He was like, I wasn't that sick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No way. Kill everybody. He's fucking, (laughs) he's he's actually dying. And part of the reason he's so good is he knew he could die, which is what they always say. You know, what makes the best downhill skier, the one who can go the fastest, as close to falling without falling. Because that's it. You got to go as straight down the mountain, the fewest curves, as straight as possible without crashing. If you're already going to die, you can go pretty fucking straight. And I feel like he was, that was it. He was basically like, I got nothing to lose. But instead they said, I'm not that sick. Let's go kill some people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I heard, I heard my entire like childhood growing up about how good Val Kilmer was in this movie. And then watching Val, I think we all talked about Val when we watched it last year or whatever. And this just blew me away. I just like, they totally lived up to it. Everything everybody said was true. He's, He's incredibly transformational. He's so grounded. There was there was no acting. It was like a different fucking human being was on, mm. on screen. It was unreal. The voice but he, work, the but he didn't the like I, on him was pure, when I, brilliant. When I say he steals the shit out of this movie, yeah. he didn't steal a single scene. Every single scene he took was his. When it wasn't his, he was just business <laughs> in the background. Yeah. So it yeah, wasn't. Yeah. It was a very very fucking controlled performance, and worth like the movie's worth watching just for that. I keep saying, I hope he gets back end from this Top Gun movie. I hope they gave him back end. Give him back end. Let him live. Let him live it out. He did his job. He did his time. I'm looking at. They had. He definitely had the most fun writing him. I'm looking up some Doc quality. Doc Holiday quotes. When he first, when Kurt Russell comes in, they own. They are the dealers now. They have 25 percent of yeah. this casino, and Doc has been staying up all night and he's gambling. And he's like, "Come on, Doc, you. Yeah, I think you're done, buddy. It's time to go to sleep." And he says, "Nonsense." I have not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs> That's a good one. It's so good. Wait, this oh, I'm looking. I'm looking I'll probably end up using that too. One, two, three. <laughs> so Top Gun was only his third movie. This is only his four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth movie. Only a lot of people I mean, don't he's... get a chance to make nine fucking movies. Like... No, but he's but he what he's doing in this movie is like yeah. yes, you're right. But I mean, Jesus. And then, and then yeah. he had to basically take a year off to prep now. for fucking Batman Forever. I mean, I'm sure I don't think it was the performance. To be honest, I never had a problem with him as, as Batman. I had a problem with no. what everyone else was fucking saying in that movie. What he did was fine, but Batman, Batman's Batman's the toughest role in the Batman movies. And Michael Keaton doesn't do that. Come on, it's like. You know, you want to go nuts? If he doesn't do that, and he doesn't do the I'm Batman at the beginning, it's a hard role. Batman's the hardest role in the whole series. Okay, anyway. Um, Tombstone. Tombstone. Guys, did yeah. you guys, guys buy... Shot in uh, anamorphic because fuck you, you shoot westerns in anamorphic. <laughs> they want that fucking vertical bokeh, Dave. That's what they want, bro. They, yeah. They got to get it. No, if, it's, if, you, if you're shooting western, a western on spherical, it's not a fucking western. It's a dirty drama. Yeah, get right. out of here. Sergio how, how many times do I have to buzz you before you take your goddamn drink? Um, well, I don't know what bad. else to say, you guys. I, I no, had it's fun watching say. this. Yeah. I think there, there's a little bit of me that wonders if it took, because it took me a little bit 
to adjust to that elevated style. I thought I was going to watch like a gritty style Western. And mm. I think if I had known, maybe put on your suit and tie for this one a little bit. Like, you know, you're, you're going to have fun watching this one, but it's not, it's not down and dirty. You, you're going to feel like you have the fucking dirt on your face the whole time. Like it's got a little bit more, there's a little bit more, cinema it- italiano yeah. go- going on yeah. with this i think i may right. have enjoyed it even more so i guess if, if i were to recommend this to people i would have just told them you know there's a this this movie has a flair to it that is there is something heightened about it and if you if you allow yourself to just start taking that in from the jump i think you're going to enjoy it more and more and more as it goes on because it doesn't let up it plays on that chord yeah. throughout and really uses it and try to really tries to wring all the juice out of it yeah, skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. God damn it, dude. That scene. How is Kurt Russell not even bigger than than he is? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I he, was, he was ever he a, was huge. A, a list, no, he was, right? he was, was he? huge in the 80s and 90s, yeah. Snake Plissken. Yeah. I mean, he escaped from New York. I mean, he was it. Big right? Trouble like, in Little China. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God damn it, dude. So good. Yeah. I told you guys, I got to watch fucking him as Stuntman, Stuntman Rick. And uh, uh-huh. the Tarantino movie, man. If you guys haven't seen that, fucking put that on. He's fucking the baller. But yeah, this made me want to want to just go back and watch like every movie he's ever fucking made. And Stargate, let me get back into it. Just, yeah. Did he just have a career as like that guy for a while? Like that kind of like supporting character. Also, they're like, you want me to be the president, and- not like the president's like brother. You want me to be the president in Independence <laughs> Day, confused. which is very soon after this. Well, sort of soon after this. Wrong bill. Wrong bill. Fuck. Can, can we cut this out? Cut it out. Edit no, it out. No, no, no. No, edit it out. Edit it out. The other, the other bill, P. Pullman. Get it? No, sure. I, I, I said, I was talking about Bill Paxton. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure you were. Sure. Everybody on earth gets Game over, man. Just... Game over. I don't know. Why am I drinking? <laughs> I know Bill Paxton, R.I.P. from Aliens and Twister. I know. It's yeah, Aliens bill. was what I was quoting. Dig it. Fuck. <laughs> so fucking. I should have gone. Tw- right. I should have. I should have gone Twister, and instead I went fucking. Independent. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiot. Because this guy can take Thank down a fucking tornado. Thank you guys for letting us do the random year generator. Thank you for choosing Tombstone. I've been wanting to see this for a long time, and I, I had so much fun. And I, guys, I get. I'm like a fucking, you know, broken record here. But Jeff, what was that? What? What was that? I'm still. Yeah. What, 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 yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Hearts. A whole heap of hearts just flew out of you on screen. <laughs> okay, this happened to me earlier today for something what different. Fuck was that? I didn't do anything. I didn't do a single thing. What did you do? I didn't do have, anything. Have you been? Nobody at home knows what this happened. Have you been drinking like dish soap or something, I, and you <laughs> sneaky farted? Like I, I actually I just had a stroke. Honestly, we're, actually, <laughs> we're actually living in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is the highest grossing <laughs> summer blockbuster. Yeah, we're nowhere near the keyboard. Yeah, no, that, I don't know weird. how that happened. My hand was up what in the, the air. Fuck? I'm still mad about the Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton thing, but fuck you guys. You, know, I, you um, should be. I just wanted to make this, I'm going to say it again because I just keep saying it, but like, they just don't make them like this anymore, you guys. Uh-uh. Like, fucking child of the 90s. I'm so happy. This was just people on sets acting, talking to each other, shooting each other up with fucking fake guns and squibs. And it fucking works, guys. It's still, it was still fucking fun to watch. God, they just yeah. don't do like, it. I'm just, 
I don't know a single rich person without a guilty conscience. Well, I already got a guilty I, conscience. I would might already as well get rich. Come yeah, on, I might as well be rich. Yeah. God, Mr. I would, I would definitely watch this in a group because you and your friends will be quoting this for about the next twenty fucking years. Oh, it's so oh, good. Come on, oh come on, it's so much fun. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm literally just sitting here. Yep, but we, we'll we'll start repeating ourselves. So like, I'd I say, also, but I really love the change. I really love the change of pace from the opening with the Mexican wedding getting shot up into, which is terrible, into the second. It's almost like a honestly the passing of the torch thing with opera. I think it's I think that's your kit. That's your kitsch. Because it I is. Think, very I think the long. thing I like the most is unlike opera, this isn't three fucking hours long. <laughs> yeah, what, what is the runtime? A solid two oh seven, two oh nine, something like that fantastic you know and there's I mean, there's not a bit of it that's slow guys r.i.p to bill paxton what a guy what a life oh. cheers to so many people who are in this movie it's oh just yeah like, they did a great they did a great job i don't know this is fun all right really 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 surprising it got no nominations yeah nope not a single one Val, 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 Val was going to be the one but nothing yes that's right you saw that on Wikipedia. Uh, nomination. it was nominated yeah. for an mcv award cool Oh, they they used weird. to be. How did he not get a supporting? For, how did he not get any critics' choice notice? I, yeah. or anything. Critics had a giant stick up their ass and I, they saw some stylization. Well, and they but said, I I would guess. Oh, this uh, came out whatever. on Christmas, by the way. This came oh, out on Christmas. okay. So no man's land, but also I would guess whatever studio put it out had something else they wanted to plug for the awards season. Guys, mm. I don't You're know. Probably what, right. I don't know what you do on Christmas every year, but if my Christmas was spent watching Tombstone, it'd be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Guys, I will say if you enjoyed this, watch The Wild Bunch. I think you're going to have a blast watching that as well. Yeah. All right, Dave. Hmm. What's our next year, dude? Oh, our next year. Yeah, we can we can. Are we doing the Are we doing the Are we doing the generator live here? Are we going for it? Yeah, we're gonna go for it. All right. I I I don't know where that sound effect is. I don't have that sound effect. Just so so anybody, uh, just so everybody knows who's listening, we have our range, our date range set from 1930. Not that talk you in 1939. Yeah, I round it back to 1939 yeah. through 39 to, through to 2023. Two, three. So yeah, let's let's roll the dice let's and see what we got. Let's see what we got. Unless you need me to kill more time, Dave, while nope. you pull it up. No, no, no. All right, it's here. We are going to 1985. Oh my God! 1985. Scott. Year back <laughs> to the future. High grossing. Highest grossing movie, 1985, Back to the Future. We're not going to choose that one. No. We haven't. This is a new one for us. I don't think we've had this year before. I, maybe Are you not. Are serious? When we did the three movies a year back in the COVID age, I don't think we had 85. Wow. Yeah. There are so many we could do. Okay. As you know, it might be fun. We have, I don't think we have ever done wow. a John Hughes movie. Nice. Hmm. We what could do the Breakfast Hughes? Club. Oh, my. Well. Ha, ha, ha. Well, we're not going to buzz you. Just watch Clue. Didn't one of you just, just watch? I just watched. I just watched Clue. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that. Um, if, if you guys want to do, guess. if you guys want to do two, we can get drunk and talk about Clue. That's fine by me. But if you want to do another one to put me to work, uh, I'm okay with that. We got a room with a view. Ugh. color purple witness. We're not talking about the color purple for sure. The jewel of the Nile. Done witness. Preetzi's honor. We have done. Have we done witness? Yeah. No. It was, yes, I'm we have sure done witness. Yeah, 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 yeah witness yeah, was in yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Witness was There's good. Holy do. shit, Harrison. Good job. Wait, I thought that was 84. I guess I was wrong. Well, this uh, was fucking fantastic, dude. 
Purple Rose of Cairo, Spider Woman we talked about. Uh, Dave did not love Kiss the Spider Woman, if I remember correctly. No, no, uh, I did. literally going to decide on Oh, right the now. musical. Just... I remember the musical. Mm, Dave, do you want to cut this me. out or are we going to? No, that's, we're good. White Knights. Let's do White Knights. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we'll announce it. We'll announce it during the week. Okay, we'll announce it during the week. We're 85. doing 19. Can't wait to talk about folks. A lot of Can't wait choices. to talk about the trip to Bountiful with you guys uh, next week. Can't wait. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, let's do a quick round of what you've been watching. What you've been watching, Dave. We like to start with you in our quick round of what yeah, you've been do. watching. Where you give us a recommendations, reviews of the week. What have you been watching, Dave? It's fucking finally here. The boys spin off Gen V. Oh, I kept seeing billboards. I have, I've, they dropped three episodes this week. It's Amazon? fucking amazing. Is it I really? W- I am enjoying it more than the latest seasons of the boys. Like wow. they've, it's the superpower. Not the episode my brother-in-law was on though, right? You're not. You're no, not no, that one was brilliant. That was, that was. Oh, thank you. Our gold. fantastic yeah. guest. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, I, I want to see more of that to be honest, but, oh. uh, was that the uh, you know the guy who came out margins wrong. once he's inside the <laughs> yeah that came out wrong in my uh, <laughs> no but the Gen V is a basically it's set in the university like the college all these kids uh, it deals with uh, how it came out that they all these parents have been injecting their kids with V to try and make the superheroes and so all these uh. kids are now at college they open up this college for them where they and they're just obsessed with fucking marketing and stuff like that uh there's some really interesting uh characters in it that i'm i like uh there's a mystery running in the middle of it because it's like a whole what the fuck's going on with this school sort of thing yeah um yeah it's it's good it's like the first and it's really well written i I found it really really well written uh and, and i also caught this week on hulu no one will save you which no is a, save you. What yeah, is it's another original sci-fi. Um, it's about a girl who has pulled herself away from the town she lives in, or for the town. Basically, for some reason that's not clear at the beginning of the film, the town pretty much wants nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. And huh. uh, aliens come to her house and try to kidnap her. That's I'm in. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. It. The, oh, I saw. I saw. I saw. The, the first, the first one does not go as expected at all. She fucking wastes that thing, and it's and from that point on, it's on. Like, but it's it's literally it does not it, like. There's a lot of like they use the familiar alien invasion or like, like alien abduction sort of tropes, and then turn it on its head a little bit every now and then. So fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, so it's it's Both sound fun. Yeah, I, I have been yeah, watching. I have been continuing with Downton Abbey, and it's just kind of the the show Elizabeth and I are watching together. Down. It's yeah, it's still holding up. Yeah, it's still. Where it's are good. you? Because I do feel like at a certain point they, you know, they start reaching. But where where are you? We are almost. I mean, it's already. It's you know, it's getting soapy. We're into three or four now, and hmm. it definitely gets soapier than it starts. And uh, okay. I think I'm approaching the place where I stopped watching it originally. At some point, somebody yeah. key dies and i think i stopped watching it there last time and it just kind of fell off so 
We'll see if we continue on. But, oh, uh, when they decided not, when two different characters decided not to renew after their three-year contracts were running out and really fucked over the show. Uh, yeah. That would make sense. That's, there were I think two that's probably... who died in season three that were very big characters because they decided not to renew their contracts. At least one of them told them early enough so they could kill them off early in the season. And then some, they had to wait until the very last episode. Of ah, three. so that's about to happen. The second yep. one is about to happen because I remember <laughs> thinking... Where the fuck did he go? Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, the next season, he's running the riders' room. Guys, we need like, to kill this person next week. I also feel like they did him dirty because they were not happy about it. They were like, "You, of all of oh, us, yeah. you, go you fuck can, yourself. you can tell when they've done him dirty because there is no getting around that death. And you can like, tell when he made no money from this show as compared to what he could make in the future. It's like this person is Sorry, not coming back, not even in a fucking flashback. I saw him in a Broadway oh show God. and he was fantastic. By the way, okay, keep going. Oh, I heard he was so good. He's actually good as we're basically spoiling Downton Abbey. You know, this came out fucking years ago, so fuck you. Yeah. He was actually good. It's a very charming family movie where he plays Charles Dickens and he's writing Christmas Carol. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Charming Christmas movie. You should you should watch it. That's called. Yeah. I heard he was not as impressive as the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, but I never saw that movie. So I don't skip the movie. It It made it made plenty of money, so it doesn't need our endorsement. I saw it. All right. Very good. Good for them. Okay. Dave, what do you think of it? You saw it. Dave, you saw it. What do you think? Possible. Okay. <laughs> there are so many i'm still looking at movies of 1985 anyway so i was watching that and i watched um oh man i have been waiting to tell you guys about this i had so much fun watching this movie i'm gonna say somebody's name who you're not really supposed to say anymore but it's a movie by roman polanski sorry so just move past it 2010 the Academy Award writer. winner Roman Polanski. It's okay, make good shit. Guy, the pianist is just being adapted into a play. You know, we got to be able to talk about it. I know. Inconvenient. Fucking genius. The ghost writer, writer, is in like somebody mm-hmm. writing for somebody else. 2010, Ewan McGregor, Pierce Brosnan, Olivia Green. Shit. Fuck, 2010 is funny because that's way past a lot of this shit, but that's okay. Keep going. This is like modern day fucking Hitchcock. Like, oh. classic suspense. It is Hitchcock, like the style of that. Like it's not, it's no more, no less. It, it was so much fun to watch. It's on Amazon Prime. If you guys are in the mood for that kind of thing, murder, somebody, there's a mystery, who did it? He's a ghost writing for an ex-prime minister, uncovering the secrets, like fan-fucking-tastic. I had so much fun watching this movie. So, so good. And I had never even heard of it. And somebody, one of my professors recommended it to me. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, I enjoyed it. I just had so much fun. So definitely go check that out if you feel like watching that kind of movie. If you enjoy that kind of story, you're going to have a great time. All right, so I'm in love with The Dancer. So we saw a lot of dancing stuff today, this week, which was great. So I actually forgot to tell you guys. Huh. Uh, I watched this show from Stars, which is called Flesh and Bone, which I actually really liked. I really yeah. liked it, but it's really deep in the ballet world. Obviously, there's some like... Um, some I don't want to say lapse of reality, but it's some Black Swanee-esque like deep interpersonal stuff that comes to life that's like is it metaphysical is it like oh no i've I've worked in dance that shit really happens yo well (laughs) hey you and angela have a lot to talk about um so that was really cool so so flesh and bone was really great um center stage we watched again and you know what it's just fucking fun man the give me some jamiroquai it's pretty authentic (laughs) a little bit of canned heat it was fun canned heat hell yeah it was great Actually, she said I uh, I was on my phone a lot that day, and I was like, "Are you sure?" I don't I didn't think I was, and I was like, "Not during the movie." And she's like, "Actually, during Center Stage, you weren't on your phone at all." So there you go, guys. That's what if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Yeah. And then, Jeff, 
<laughs> I've been <laughs> center stage when he pulls the newspaper down. He's like, "Are you ready to dance?" <laughs> <laughs> that shit is one of the funniest fucking moments of all time. Are it's you so ready? Good. To Are you dance? ready to dance? <laughs> Sit in the theater. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm ready to dance. <laughs> guys, it's so, okay. guys, I, I like it. I don't give a shit. They cast dancers. So what they can't act. At least they can fucking dance. God, that's a dancing show. Dance. Give it to me. They can mm. dance. And most of them can act. Fuck you. Okay, last <laughs> thing. And I've been waiting for this. I've been joking about this during the strike. And, and to be honest, <clears throat> I feel a little bad about it because there's new shit that keeps coming out. But it's always like, well, what's the shows that we didn't see? That now we have the time to watch because no new stuff is coming out. Yeah. Fosse Verdon. I hadn't seen it oh, before. Ah. God. Jeff, how good well, is it, dude? It is so good, it's so dude. Good. So it's so good. So good. Dude, you cause so we were talking about Sam Rockwell at the beginning. Sam Rockwell is Bob Fosse. It is effortless, man. I really thought like he would try to like overdo it or he tried to like really put on a show. It I would say that I was like, Fantastic. Bob Fosse, it, it couldn't have been that simple. He made it seem so easy. He made it seem so, so easy. So easy, dude. So, so easy. And of Michelle. course, Mich- she won an Emmy. She's a brilliant. Like, she makes it, you know, and, and, and it's hard because history remembers Bob Fosse better. We talk about this in Angela. She, like Bob Fosse's the legend, and Gwen Verdon was like the star for that era. But Bob, Bob Fosse's eternal. So it's like, I feel like it's hard for the show because he's obviously historically a bigger figure. They're so good together, but, but really. I, I do love them both, but of course I'm, I'm drawn to Sam. Like this, this performance is just like. And the storytelling is just when it goes inside his head for the dancing. The reason it's, it's not lame or cliche, I felt like, was because those were the stories and the kind of aesthetic that he did bring to life in his expression with his art. So it didn't feel yeah. like a filmmaker was trying to go inside the head of an artist. Like it oh, worked. No. All oh, of that yeah. expressionistic, he's choreographing and you kind of get to go on the ride with him. It fucking felt, it felt realistic. Which is hard to yeah. do with the expressionistic oh. kind of storytelling. When he sells himself for why he needs to direct cabaret because he served and he was tap dancing for oh. people that have been shot the and editing stuff. editing scene. The editing sequences when he's cutting the movies. Oh, there's yeah. There's frustration literally in the <laughs> editing room. It's just fucking brilliant, dude. And you see the iconic pictures and he's just like pissed off about it. And even just like um, the gorilla. I keep talking about when, 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 when Gwen finally gets there. This is the thing that's really stuck in my head. If you could if if you could see her like I am, you would that that scene and he's like he's really in love with this gorilla. Like he's in love with it's it's a you know it's a gut punch, you know. She wouldn't look Jewish at all. It's at the end, but we got to believe he's really in love with this gorilla. We got to actually we have to be in love with the gorilla. We got to believe it. And I'm sitting there I'm like this is it. I thought I was just going to watch this choreographer who's dealing with alcoholism, but he like he gave such a shit about all this shit. It gave such a shit about all of it. It was so good. This show is so good. Oh my god. A plus. I I, oh say, I think that was one of the last things I watched in New York before the pandemic. It was like fall of nineteen, or and I was kind yeah, of feel like I was right. kind of late to the party with it as well. And I was like jaw on the floor. I hadn't cared or thought about musicals in a long time. I just it kind of stepped away from that world, and it was like just I time traveled back to college. When it was just yeah. like, I was obsessed with those people. You can do some fancy dancing. Took me right you back did it. there. You did it, man. You did. I did. Some man, I did. Dude. It was great. Still, God, he was, do your hips still work? That's that's the beauty of Fosse is yeah. that his hips were turned in. He wasn't yeah. turned out, so he could like do all these. Un- oh man, I, and I, I agree with you. Like it, he's how broken the fuck a lot of dances. Sam Rockwell <laughs> seem like a choreographer. Yeah. It, how, how does that work? Mm. But it fucking works, dude. I believed him when he was moving. He smoked so many cigarettes. Have, I have I have a lot of girl f- like friends in music theater who did not like Michelle's performance. 
They just didn't buy her as oh. the ultimate dance icon. I just totally disagreed with them. I just thought I believed her as that. Oh my God, me too. Was, you know, it's like Natalie Portman in Black Swan. Like, I don't fucking care. I believed her emotion. It was good enough for me to buy that she was when when she was dancing because I I went on the ride with her emotionally. I and got she there. wanted and she wanted she she still wanted to be great and she knew her time was running short so I bought it too. I do wish there were more moments where I could see her actually dance. I do I do, but at the same time, I never doubted a moment of hers if that makes sense. But I do wish she had the ability to give us just like a little bit of that on stage star power as opposed to on screen star power, if that makes sense. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. it's it's fucking brilliant. Anyway, but I can't wait to see some more of this new shit because I am ignoring the new stuff. I, I admit it. And I can't wait to get back into it. Yeah. 1985 next week, people. I can't wait to go back into Dave's era here. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. Back to the Future on Broadway. I should see it this week. I was 13. What? Yeah, Back to the Future on they Broadway. Back to the Future into a musical? Yeah, it's yeah, been it on the in, West End for the last like two years. It's a smash hit. Yeah. Apparently it's it. brilliant. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, John, the car fl- fucking flies. The car flies. I'm sure the car flies. That's how they <laughs> That's how they sold it. Yeah, no doubt. Come on, man. Oh, it, kicked, it kicked Music Man out. Music Man, you got to go. We got Back to the Future coming in. All right, guys. Oh, what's fair enough. Music? Music, music Man kicked Beetlejuice out. So, fair and, also, he, and also Hugh was like, it's enough. <laughs> Yeah, gotta go. Um, okay, guys, enough of this shit. Enough. People yeah, aren't yeah, tuning yeah. in for our Broadway talk. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week. I hope you guys have a great week. Anything else before we send the people on their way? Nope. No, that's all. Let's do it. Peace. Film fans, can't wait to see you next week. Bye.